Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Cone here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network and the Grant Cone YouTube channel. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Grant Cone. Grant, the bye week is finally over, and we're now in a nine-game sprint to the finish. Yeah, the bye week was kind of strange. It was like the 49ers' house is on fire, but they got Chase Young to put out <laughs> the flames, and it was a very strange time. I feel like the Chase Young story is over, and we're back to things that matter, like the coach and the quarterback and it's a very i feel like this is the most important interesting mid-november regular season game i can remember because if they win it all of a sudden they're six and three they beat a playoff team on the road you're thinking the niners are back baby if they lose they're in complete free fault mode and it's hard to find excuses for kyle shanahan and brock purdy if they lose this upcoming game because debo samuel and trent williams are coming back you got your team go beat jacksonville it's not a bad team it's not a great team but I feel like this is a defining week for the 49ers, and um, I'm not that confident that they're going to pass this test. It is going to be a huge game because you mentioned it. The split there, the difference between six and three and five and four is unbelievable. It's massive. It completely changes the entire feel of their season based on just that one game. We're going to get into the Jacksonville game and break all that down and I've got multiple questions about what's going to happen. But before we get into that, Grant, you are one of the only people I can talk to about this. So I need to pick your mind about it. And it's about the John Lynch, uh, quote unquote, promotion that he got. If you remember, 49ers, back when life was good with the 49ers, they beat the Giants on Thursday night football. All is well. The next day, when everyone's given the Niners all their love, we come to find out, hey, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch got contract extensions. Yay, good, great, grand, wonderful. But now, Grant, over the bye week, when no one's really paying attention to the Niners, we find out, oh, by the way, in addition to the extension that John Lynch got, he also got a promotion to president of football operations. They're calling it a promotion. They're adding this title to him. And I just feel like something fishy is going on here. I feel like there is more to this story, like, this is the first step in a multi-step move for this organization. Because to me, it feels like they want a new general manager, but they know they can't really fire John Lynch. So they're going to make it look like we promoted John Lynch, but someone else is going to be the new general manager next year. That's possible. Maybe this is, that suits John Lynch. Maybe they gave him, I mean, it, it is a promotion. And I'm guessing he got a raise. 
And it's always nice to get a raise. So if they said, look, we'll make you the president of football ops, you won't have as much um, say over the draft, but you'll get more money and you'll be his boss and you can overrule Adam Peters whenever you want, but he'll do the legwork. I mean, that's probably what it's been like in the past anyway, right? I would imagine. It's just more official now. The way I look at it actually is not what this means for Adam Peters. It's a nice promotion for him. He gets a raise and he gets some recognition. I'm sure the the work uh, distribution is about the same. But what about Parag? That's what I'm thinking. What about Parag? Parag used to be very important in this organization. He wasn't the general manager, but he sort of like tied the general manager's hands together and told him what he could and couldn't spend. And what players were worth and what they weren't, what they what they're not worth. Then all of a sudden, I mean, this is the guy that pushed uh, DeForest Buckner out. Now all of a sudden, they spent the same amount of money on Javon Hargrave. It feels like something switched. Like that maybe he's not necessarily setting the agenda anymore. And they gave him all that responsibility with Leeds United, the soccer team. So maybe this is the Niners finally, after like twenty something years, pushing Parag Marate out of the football room saying, here, focus on soccer, and this is now officially a John Lynch, Adam Peters production, in which case I like that because I feel like Parag Marate's um, usefulness has uh, run its course. Run its course like a long time ago. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. There's something more to, they don't just add titles to people for no reason whatsoever. Like a promotion is you get more money, but you have more responsibility. That's what a promotion is, right? You're getting more money because you now have to do more. This just seems like, oh, we're giving John Lynch a raise and a new title for no reason. Like, I, I don't think that's the case. Something I think is shifting within the 49ers organization. That's just my thought on it. It was rattling around in my skull. And I wanted to ask you. Well, I'm, look at Parag Marate. I'm looking at his official profile biography on Niners.com, and it says that he is the president of 49ers Enterprises and the executive vice president of football operations. So think about what they just gave John Lynch. He is the president right. of football operations. So that officially means that John Lynch is above Parag Marate. That with this, where this used to be a general manager, Trent Balky, who would pick players, but had really no sense of the finances and the salary cap. That's where Parag comes in. That's over with. The Niners are fully bought in to John Lynch and Adam Peters and Kyle Shanahan. They don't need that holdover from 2002, <laughs> 2001, acting like he's the only person who understands the salary cap in 2023. Like that's to me, they officially made Parag Marate useless redundant it's about time it's about time. i'd be down for that not gonna lie yeah. i definitely yeah. signed for that um okay i hadn't thought of that see this is why i need to to pick your brain about these things because you're there every day uh, obviously you have different perspective than me so i real I, quick I, though real yeah. quick though the parag marate factor was having a, a lot of not overpaying for players and really like having a middle class on your team the niners don't have that anymore they have paid all their guys they paid uh Bosa, Hargrave, Kinlaw, Greenlaw, Warner, Traverius Ward, and that's just on defense. And as you're seeing a team that's very top-heavy, very rich. It's like, oh, they can't stop the run. Yeah, man, I'm not stopping the run if you're paying me $20 million a year. Like, that's that's hard. I don't want to do that. I would do that to get my contract, not after I get the contract. So I wonder if, if you know, if they figured that out and if uh, Parag Marate will have the last laugh. Because real quick, they ran Trent Balky out of town. He's got a good team right now in uh, Jacksonville, and they're in position to sort of put the nail in the, in the, uh, the coffin of the Niners season. So, I mean, it's a little early to say that, but I'm just saying, Balky's coming to town. Well, they're going to Balky's town. Trent Balky revenge game. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know he wants You know he wants to win. I'm sure he's still salty about everything with the 49ers organization and the Jim Harbaugh era and the post Jim Harbaugh era and Jed York apologizing for losses on Twitter. Yes, I'm sure he wants to win. Before we get to that Jags game, I'm going to give a shout out to Nick, YouTube channel member. Nick says, I took a break from a legal conference in Chicago. I never get to see my favorite pair host live. What up, dogs? Appreciate you, Nick. By the way, if you want to become a YouTube channel member, please sign up. It's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership badges, you get priority comment response. It's a great way to I support feel like the channel. There's a lot of people that watch my channel who feel like this is their favorite show. I feel like there's something different about this show than the other ones I do. I, I, all my shows are unique and different, but you're the driver on this show. I'm the guest. We don't 
always agree. We often disagree and we uh, get a kick out of disagreeing with each other. We've been disagreeing with each other for like 10 years. So I, yeah, it's a fun show. Yes, that is absolutely yeah. true. And that's all right. Like we can disagree. It's fine. It's, there's yeah. nothing that you're going to say on this show. that's going to make me mad at you when we go off the air. That's true. That is true. In fact, we can actually push that line pretty far. You could say things like that was insane. I'll be like, all right, it's fine. Love you. I still love you, Rob. I yeah. do do that. You uh, do do that. Great one. Seven sixty five says this game might be the bulky Super Bowl for the season. Look, the Jags are in a good place right now. We can we can pivot a little bit and get to this game. Life is good if you're a Jags fan. You've got your Super Bowl winning coach. You've got Trevor Lawrence in there. Your first overall pick at quarterback. You're six and two right now. Life is good if you're a Jags fan. That's why, like, we can we can look at it, Grant. I don't know why the 49ers are favored in this game. I don't understand it. The Jags have won five in a row. The Jags are at home. Everything about this game to me says, if I'm betting, if I'm putting my money on this, I'm taking the Jags. They're at home. They've got the better quarterback. You could argue they've got the better head coach. They've won five in a row. They're hot. They're also coming off a bye. I'm taking the points. Yeah, this to me is one of those lines where it's like, there aren't that many Jaguars fans. They haven't been good that long. There's a lot of Niner fans. They've been good for four years. And people are, the odds makers are sort of banking on people looking at the, the long view. Like the Niners, they're going to snap out of this. And the Jaguars aren't going to keep this going. But if you took the names off the jerseys and you just looked at one team, five in a row, one team, three straight losses, I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable picking the team on a three-game losing streak to go across the country and win a 10 a.m. game. Like this feels like you get a team on a five-game winning streak at home and you get three points. It's like I would have to take that. I would have to take that. Even the Jacksonville plus three, I think they're going to win by four. So I would have to take that. I think that's pretty good. I think the game is going to be close. So in those games, I always like the team that's getting points. And I did a very dangerous thing, Grant. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole today and I was going through and I just ended up going through a bunch of 49er stuff. I know, terrible job I made, mistake. And I came across the old Mike Singletary rant. Do you remember that? Where he just yeah. went nuts after the game. And he lists like the three things we have to do to get back on track. And I heard him and I was like, oh my God, copy paste to the 2023 49ers remember here's the first thing he said we go out we hit people in the mouth they haven't been doing that they've been getting hit in the mouth right they can't stop the run they can't run the ball they have not been hitting people in the mouth okay people forget how inspirational mike singletary was at first <laughs> that guy won some games people were like wait a second like like the the, the response that Deion Sanders is getting at Colorado this year is kind of what people thought of Mike Singletary initially with the Niners. Like, this just might work. Wow. Keep going. Number two for Mike Singletary. We are not a charity. We cannot give them the game. Love what have the Niners been doing? The last three weeks, seven turnovers in the last three games. During the five-game winning streak to start the year, two turnovers. We are not a charity, man. Nope. And number three from Singletary. We execute from the very start of the game to the very end of the game. They haven't been doing that. Brock Purdy had a perfect opportunity last week to get back in that game. He threw interceptions on back-to-back -back possessions on back-to-back -back passes. I swear to God, it's like Mike Singletary copy-paste. Yeah, and it's like Kyle Shanahan looks down his nose at all that stuff, right? Like, Oh, all that rah-rah, I was a player, passion, energy, doesn't matter. All that matters is the play calling and the play design and the sequencing and my scheme and all that stuff. And maybe that's the case on offense. But on defense, that stuff matters. And I think Kyle Shanahan's learning the hard way this year that what he needs as a counterpart, as a defensive coordinator, is not necessarily someone um, with some schematic advantage, but someone like that. Someone like Mike Singletary, who can breathe, can like infuse all of that passion into the team that Kyle can't because Kyle can do a lot for a team, but he can't do that. And I do think football, I didn't play the sport, I'd be the first to say it. I played baseball, which is not an emotional sport. Football is a very emotional sport, and Kyle provides none of that. And the team seems flat in a way that they hadn't for years. I mean, D'Amico's team isn't. Uh, flat like that. Salah's well, huh, 
I'm not, I don't know about solids right now, but D'Amico's <laughs> isn't. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's, it's funny you bring up Mike Singletary because our, our memory of him, his, his era here is like, man, he shouldn't have had that job and he wasn't a real coach, but man, there were certain things that he was quite authentic and good at. Oh yeah. You can say what you want about Singletary, but we go out, we hit people in the mouth. That's authentic. Like you can't argue. It's not, that is who Mike Singletary. I mean, the man pulled his pants down at halftime of his first game. <laughs> And also it's like, he said this in 2008 or seven or whatever, like at that point, everyone that was remembered him as a player that that's like Ray Lewis being a head coach right now and saying stuff like that. I mean, Mike Singletary was a huge freaking deal. That's how he became a head coach so quickly. It's like, well, it's the greatest linebacker ever. And it seems like he's getting results. So let's go with this. I just thought it was weird how it almost directly applies to everything that's happening with the 49ers now. And God, I hope they, even if they just stop the turnovers, man, if they stop the turnovers and actually tackle on defense, the team is going to look so much better than they have in the last three weeks. They've missed like 32 tackles in the last three weeks. It's insane. Yeah. And it's like, again, if, if Mike Singletary is telling you guys, like we need to go back to basics. We need to ground ourselves. Who do we think we are? Man, that's a Hall of Famer saying stuff like that. When Kyle, he's more the other way. Like, you know, I don't really care what the record says or what we've done recently. I know that any given week, we're the best team and we can beat this team. And we've done this. It's like, it's a little too much patting themselves on the back in Kyle's culture. I like Singletary's culture. The problem was his offensive coordinator, his scheme. I mean, he wasn't essentially ready to be a head coach, oh. but in terms of that stuff, no one better. No one better. And, you know, he was a more successful coach than Chip Kelly or Jim Tom Sula. Yeah, they weren't horrible under. No, they weren't. They were like disappointing and they were like 500, but they won games. Yeah. Let's get to some Super Chats. Official BNA Music says, I know Parag has been Mr. Krabs for Halloween before. Parag is like, when things were going well, I feel like people loved Parag. And then when things were bad, he got all the blame. Yeah, well, he's just not a football person, and he's right. so important in the football decision-making process. Anytime he decides someone wasn't worth it or someone was worth it, you'd like, why? Why did? How did you get to make that decision? And you know, right. so that I think that's a good thing that he's like, gone. Why do you have so much power? Uh, Nick R, YouTube channel for five channel member for five months, says this Lynch thing could all be tax loophole type antics. I have no idea how the taxes work for that, so I can't. I'm not going to speculate on that. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. City Burt says, is this team any different with D'Amico or Sala? Um, yeah, I think they would. I think the defense would be more consistent if they had one of those guys. I do. Because, like, they wouldn't have a defensive coordinator who's learning the scheme as we go along. And you've heard a lot of people say that the 49ers defensive players have not been put in good positions to win. What that means is the scheme is not good for them right now. Also, I feel like the culture of the team was set by Sala and D'Amico, that overachieving, uh, passionate, energetic, um, all that stuff. It didn't come from the offense. The offense is kind of the, the group that pats itself on the back. George Kittle, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Juszczyk, we're so great. The defense is the, t- is the side that led the team for years, that had a very specific, you know, all gas, no breaks culture. I know culture seems like kind of a ambiguous term but it is a real thing in football and I feel like it was always the defense on this team that was setting it and now I feel like that's all gone D'Amico carried it over maybe added to it from what Sala I mean D'Amico and Sala built it together yeah they did they built it together and then Sala left and D'Amico carried it on 
And now D'Amico's gone and you brought in an outsider to sort of like figure it out. It's like, it's not, that's not really what he does. And you're looking, okay, what about the head coach? I'm looking at Kyle like I look at Sean McVay right now. Guys who put together great coaching staffs but are kind of on their own right now and not necessarily looking as forward-thinking and cutting-edge as they did a few years ago. Yeah, I think the Rams, to me, the Rams are paying the piper. They're paying the credit card bills sure. now that they racked up to get their Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that about the defense setting the tone. The offense beats you by confusing you. And I know that they had, you know, Debo and Kittle and they can be physical, but they got open because of the confusion that Kyle Shanahan caused on that side of the ball. That's how he schemed you open. On defense, they beat you by just right. physically beating you up. And, and that's the culture of the team, right? We're the bullies. We're the physical guys. Well, on offense, sometimes when Debo's breaking tackles, but what Kyle wants to do is outsmart you on offense. That is not what the Niners do on defense. They're like, right, we're just going to beat you up. We can be simple. We can be more – we're just better than you. And they, they haven't had that attitude really this year. I agree. And Debo can only run over people if Kyle schemes him open because he doesn't really get open on his own. And so. frankly, Mike McDaniel was better at that than Kyle. Like, if <laughs> that offense in 2021 was quite creative, putting Debo Samuel at running back. Then McDaniel leaves. The offense craters. They're scoring 19 points a game. They trade for Christian McCaffrey. They get another all-pro on the team. And all of a sudden, they get defenses on their heels again. They're rolling. But you do that, you know. And it was all, it's like, if we give the ball to McCaffrey 20 times, we'll win. And that worked for like 10, 15 games in a row. Finally, it's not working anymore. Don't and just it's gloss like, over that, though. They have, it was, what was it, 16 games in a row that yeah, they won? That's it worked. Insane. It worked. It's like, okay, man, we got a whole new element here. We have all this all-pro talent. If we give the ball to McCaffrey 20 times a game, we're going to win. But, like, you, you, you put all that on tape. There's only so much you can do with them. You've showed it all. And it seems like in the last month, teams have kind of figured out a way to stop at least him. And now it's like, all right, Kyle, like they, that cheat code may have run its course. What is the next idea? What's going to take you? What's going to carry you through the rest of the season? Because last year was McCaffrey. The year before that, it was Debo running back. What's it going to be this year? And we'll find out this week. I would think it's the backup running back averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Like maybe find like a, a between the tackles run game that fits Jordan Mason because he's kind of unstoppable right now. But I don't know that Kyle's going to do that. Well, that brings me to this question from City Bird, who says, what's the Monday morning headline for Jags 49ers? To me, it's Brock Purdy leads 49ers to victory over the Jags because the Jags stopped the run. They've been able to stop the run all year. They've only allowed two all-purpose touchdowns to running backs all season long. And you have to, have to, have to, if you're Kyle Shanahan, have a backup plan for what if we can't run the ball? If you can run the ball, the Niners will be just fine because their whole offense is built around that. If you can't run the ball, which Jacksonville has been good at stopping again, what do you do? And to me, it's got to be Brock either using his legs or just pushing the ball down the field. And I think that that's the backup plan for Shanahan. I think Purdy's going to do it this week. I really do. Okay. Um, at the same time, they got Trevor Lawrence and he's just as good or better uh, against zone coverage. I think the, the headline is going to be Niners lose, lose their fourth straight. And have serious questions to answer about their plus it's a long, it's a long headline. Niners lose four straight. <laughs> Niners lose Niners four lose fourth in a row. Serious questions about the answer about Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Steve Wilson. Right, no, that's not the headline. Answer you're using on this headline, Grant. Yeah, it's a good point. You want to keep that like 70 characters or less. Yeah. Maybe uh, seven words. Chance 099 says Kyle redshirts rookies because the playbook, but not a coach. I don't quite understand what you mean. I, I really feel like the reason he's not playing Jordan Mason is because he may not, you know, have the greatest recall when it comes to the plays. I think that's a big thing. It's a really dense playbook with long plays, and maybe some players aren't as good at hearing two paragraphs really quick in the <laughs> in the in the huddle and being like, "Oh yeah, for sure, I got that." Like maybe some maybe some players just need it to be a little bit sim simpler and like. If you can do that, you can unlock some serious talent on your team. Kyle seems unwilling to do that sometimes. Just share the load, man. It's fine. And no matter who the backup is, like just don't put it all on McCaffrey. I hope. Remember they 2019? It was all about Tevin Coleman. And all of a sudden, I don't know who figured it out. Was it Mike McDaniel or Kyle? They were like, you know what? This Raheem Mostert guy, it's pretty fast. You don't need to necessarily start him. But if we give him like 10 carries a game, we're going to be tough to beat. And they rode that 
all the way until the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl when they decided they didn't like him anymore. Uh, it, could Jordan Mason not be that kind of a, a guy that have that kind of an impact? Just give him 10 carries. 10. Right. That's the He'll thing. Probably 60 yards. 20 yeah. carries a game. Just give him 10 carries. 10. I don't know. We'll see if they actually do it. Um, but I hope I think that Brock's going to get back on track. You know, it's all been about the turnovers with him. They've been moving the ball up and down the field. They've just been giving the damn football away. To me, it's much more important that Brock has a zero in the interception column than a high number in the touchdown column. I really think that. And it's not just that he's giving it away. It's that he's giving it away in the fourth quarter. It's just even worse. Because like his defenders will say, well, he was great in quarters one through three. He played some of his best football in the first three quarters. It's just the last quarter. And it's really unfair to just judge him on the last quarter when the other three quarters were good. It's like, man, I'll definitely take a quarterback who can be bad for three quarters and pull out the win in the fourth quarter than a guy who could be good for three quarters and find a way to lose. Yeah, you can't. You can't just ignore the bad plays when the bad plays were so bad. Like that interception in the red zone at the end of the third quarter on that busted shovel pass. Like it never should have happened. He's got to know that I can't throw the ball here because it's literally against the rules. Like that's bad. And it was first down again. A lot of his turnovers seem to come on early in the, in the possession too, like early in the downs. Don't, don't force that Brock just fall down. Just fall down, take the sack, live to play another day. And if you ask, like, what does choking look like at the quarterback position? A pick like that in the fourth quarter of a close game. Like, man, you got to know you can't throw a pass there. Even if you do throw a pass, it's not intercepted as a penalty. Like, you need to go down. But instead of doing that, you got intercepted by a linebacker standing a foot in front of you. That's choking. (laughs) And then you turn the ball over again. It's like... On the next pass. So, look, I'm not saying he's a choker, but um, I'm not saying he's not. And he's showing choking tendencies. And he's been in these, like, games where the Niners can put teams away. They get a, get a lead early and they cruise. But they haven't been in those games recently. You have to be able to win in all kind of games. And really, the mark of a quarterback who's the real deal is a guy who can bring you back from behind. And not only can he not do that right now, but, like, he'll make it worse trying. He's the kind of guy I don't even know if I'd really trust with a deficit. With a lead, yeah, man, he's great. He's confident. He knows what to do. He can use play action. He can scramble around. He can hand off. With a deficit, man, he he's he can make things worse. And that's part of what we got to find out about him because he's still young, 23 years old, still hasn't started a year's worth of games yet, so I'm willing to give him some. He'll be 24 in a month. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty old. That changes everything. (laughs) I'm willing to give him some patience, but I'm also willing to say, hey, this is an unacceptable play. This was a bad play. Yes, are you a young player? All that stuff, but we can also call it like we see it. Like, you're killing me. And let's be be fair here. Um, Trey Lance got ran out of town after four starts because the team is in win-now mode and they don't have time to go through growing pains. Fine. Well, these are growing pains. And if Brock Purdy is going to be the guy who is going to spit the bit and turn the ball over multiple times in the fourth quarter, if the game is close, but one day maybe he won't do that anymore if he gets enough experience. Well, the Niners have already said they're not that kind of team that can wait around and be patient for that to happen. So that's what I'm saying, man. If you do this again this week and it's a four-game losing streak and you're becoming a turnover machine, like the Niners have already shown that they have a precedent of pulling the plug on a young quarterback way too soon. So why should that not change now? Because the dude won 10 games, that doesn't prove anything. If this is who he is now, then they got to go to Sam Darnold. I'm not saying this is who he is now, but I feel like this is a big week for Brock Purdy, man. You need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop turning the ball over a lot of times in the fourth quarter. Is that so much to ask? Is that too much to ask? No, it's not too much to ask, although I would never go to Sam Darnold for any reason, shape, form. You can't Fair. say. You can't Fair. Say. I didn't vouch for Sam. I didn't say bring right. Sam to the team. Fair. Right. Yeah. Like, you're turning the ball over too much. So let's go to the guy with 90 combined interceptions and fumbles in his 55. No, that doesn't work. Uh, Keith Murphy, the unbeaten says get straight A's all year. Then F's in the last quarter. I, you know, I do think we should say too, Brock did lead the team down the field after playing kind of bad against Cleveland and had them set up for the game winning field goal. I know they missed it. I know it, but he didn't choke that day. He did come through that day. And we would probably be feeling a lot better about him. If Jake Moody had made the damn kick. 
True, but the first throw on that drive was a drop pick. Yep. Sorry. It was. I'm sorry. It, it, yeah, he has moments like that a lot. So if, if that had just been caught, then you'd be looking at him like, yeah, he did it three games in a row. Right. But you again, I got a question about Darnold. Is Darnold the backup quarterback on this team specifically so that no one will ever ask the Niners to bench their quarterback? Is it is it that? A lot of teams kind of have that philosophy where they don't right. want any sort of challenge. I'd be fine yeah. with that, by the way, because I'm on record as saying – I don't care if Brock throws 100 picks the rest of the way. He's got to start the whole way because you've got to figure out if this kid can play or not. You have to. They should have kept Trey Lance, though. Like, I agree. They told themselves, okay, we saw eight, eight games of Brock Purdy. He's the real deal. Instead of hedging our bets and having two young quarterbacks who you know have talent that we can work with, let's get rid of one, sign Sam Darnold, who's so bad – Literally, no one will ask us to ever bench our young quarterback, and that'll be the best because we want to support him. Yeah, you want to support your young quarterback, but you don't know how good he is. And there's a possibility. What did Kyle say that? Like, he's going to be the quarterback unless he has a complete meltdown? Well, if he loses this game and throws two more picks in the fourth quarter, that's qualifies. So, so I mean, you, you didn't know. You didn't know. You, you could definitely qualify that as a meltdown. I agree. Um, let's see. Matthew Sanders says, run the ball, stop the run, protect the ball, get to the quarterback and make all field goals within 45 yards. Looking for them to check all those boxes. It's on the coaches. That's the thing is it's, we're going to be them in the mouth. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Um, we're going to be hyper judgmental, right? Especially like first drive. Let's say they go three and out. And what are we all going to be saying? They had the whole bye week and this is what they came out with. We are going to be like peak ready to pounce on Sunday. Can I just say something real quick too? As a Jewish man, like there's not a lot of Jews in football. Jews like talking about sports, but we don't necessarily (laughs) dip our toes in that much. You know what I'm saying? Uh But I gotta love Christians. I'm not trying to get too religious here, but like Mike Singletary is such a Christian. Like it's very devout and wears a big cross. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he talks about is hitting people in the mouth. And there's nothing inconsistent about that. I really respect that about, tough christians is that just i just want to say that i just want to say that. like you wouldn't think it's it's very much turn the other cheek culture but it's like now nah, i'm gonna hit you in the mouth when we're playing football right when we're, and it's okay i love that i love that well, that's the whole paradox with football right it's like right. you don't need to fight in football because every play is so violent you could just go out and smash the guy in the face and not get a penalty at all you get praised for it Right, don't punch the guy in the face mask after the play just literally right. wait 30 seconds for the snap the next snap and you can hit him legally as hard as you want. Gotta respect so, that. Gotta uh, respect that. Diddy Burt again checks in, handicapped the two Niners Hawks games coming up. I don't even want to jump ahead. I can't even Let's go one at a time, man. You see what happened? They lose uh, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. Everything changes, man. Let's go one at a time. Right now, the way I look at it is they're going to Jacksonville and they got no excuses. They're coming off a bye. They're fresh. They're healthy. Who's not going to play in this game? Aaron Who? Banks. Probably. Aaron Banks. Fair enough. Aaron Banks. But you got everyone else. You got Trent. You got Debo. You got everyone on defense. doesn't mean they're going to win, but I don't think they have any excuses. And if they lose, you really got to look real hard at Brock and Kyle, that combo. So we'll see. Did you catch any of Dre Greenlaw on Fred Warner's podcast? No, I did not. Let's just say, and if you missed any of it, I got some clips of it in uh, today's 49ers and five. You can go check that out on the YouTube channel. Um, They're very confident that they are going to get back on track. They're very confident that they know exactly what they have You're to do. You're telling me the 49ers are a confident bunch no matter what? I'm so surprised. That is so not like them. I just they believe in themselves. Nice. I don't like the the continued line that they keep going back to, which is we've done it before. We know what we're doing. We're good. Like mm-hmm. they need to think that the house is on fire. That's when this team is at their best. All those those comebacks that they've made the last two years that they like referencing – they did that because they had to, because it was the season was circling the drain and they had that yep. urgency. And I don't yep. think they feel that urgency right now. I agree. I mean, I don't think you need all the leaders, all the players on the team saying, we'll be fine. Don't worry. We'll right. be fine. Anybody concerned? <laughs> I don't think that helps. I think, I mean, it's good not to be, as again, bringing it back to being a Jew, Jews worry maybe too much. And maybe it's not good to have a bunch of people channeling their inner Jew in the locker room being like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We've lost three in a row. Not that that's how Jews talk. I'm just saying you don't necessarily want to go down that path, but you would like one dude on the team to be mad. 
to not take it in stride and say, it's all right, we'll be fine. We've done this before. Like, nah, like, be pissed. Richard Sherman would be. Jason Verrett would be. They'd be seething mad. Frank Gore would be seething mad. There like, who is. is that guy on this? Jimmy Ward would be seething mad. Who is that guy on this team that just is, you know, apoplectic that this team is in a three-game losing streak? There should be one person. I don't know who it is. And that's, Williams. that's where exactly how I feel about it. There is a huge gulf between, hey, everything's good. We've done it before. And, oh, my God, everything's terrible. The sky is falling. Where's Who's the guy in that locker room saying, hey, this isn't good enough. This isn't the uh-huh. standard. We need to get this back on track. It doesn't feel like anybody is there saying it. And Kyle should be the one saying it. And Debo should be the one saying it. And Warner should be the one saying it. But it doesn't seem like they are right now, at least publicly. And it, I mean, yeah, like Bosa should be saying it, but Bosa's the guy with two and a half sacks and everyone's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. He's got a good PFF grade. He's getting pressure. Like, all right, Matt, he should be the one saying I'm not playing well enough. It starts well, with me. Has. I lead this team. I'm the best player on this team and I should be getting a sack a game and I need to do more. He could say that. I mean, Fred Warner should say stuff like that, but all we hear from is, no, it's, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right, man, we'll go beat Jacksonville. Prove it. 12 play says, are you sure Sam Darnold will still be a turnover machine with Kyle? Yes, I'm a thousand percent sure. What the, quarterback is it? The, well, that's that's a good point also. Really, what quarterback hasn't been? Absolutely. Nicholas Parra says, some of this is on the coaching, though. Shanahan put him in that spot. Brock is only part of the 0-37 when trailing in the fourth. Shanahan is 100% of that metric. I would agree. And it seems like if you're the kind of coach who doesn't really even practice it being down the fourth quarter, they Kurt Banker said it. This team doesn't practice two minute drill. They practice four minute drill. That's having a lead and, and running out the clock in the fourth quarter because they do that a lot. They don't practice two minute drill because there's not enough time during the week and they don't do it often enough. All right, man. Well, you're always going to be in a position at some point in the season where you have to come from behind. And it is hard to blame your players for not executing when you don't practice that. If you want to be good at something, you practice it. So Kyle, you might want to think about that. That's interesting because I have noticed multiple times this year in a two-minute situation, there has been a player or two looking at Brock with the hands out like, what What are we doing? Like, what's what's going on? Like, I noticed it specifically with George Kittle a couple of times. Um, and look, maybe that's on George. I'm not saying it's on Brock, but like, clearly there was a little confusion there. And so if they're, if they're not practicing it, that's bad. Well, think about it. It's not what the Niners offense wants to do. Like, the whole thing with... The Niners offense, it starts with a paragraph play call. It takes time for Kyle to say it. It takes time for the quarterback to say it. You got to say it twice. And a lot of times there's two plays. So that's long. Then you go to the line of scrimmage and there's a shift and a motion, maybe more than one. That takes time. So the whole process of calling the play, getting lined up, and getting the snap takes a long time. It's much more suited for four-minute offense. Like, take as much time as you freaking want when you're trying to run out the clock. But a two-minute drill, like Kyle, it would behoove Kyle to have a way that he could actually call plays shorthand. Is there a way that you could call that in three words and then get everyone to the line of scrimmage and then don't shift in motion? Like, you got to speed up, man. You're down. What what if you're down 14 with eight minutes left? What are you going to do? We've seen the Niners offense doesn't really change. That's the problem. It's not a problem as much when you can score and then your defense can get a three and out and then you get the ball sure. back. But the problem That's is weird. even if the Niners score that first time, their offense or their defense doesn't necessarily get the other team off the field right away. So the other team is chewing up clock and time and field position. So, yeah. And I just don't like the, the thought that we win one way. We get a lead. Right. We're winning. Let's practice four-minute drill and be done with it. Like, nah, man. It's championship teams can win and do win multiple ways. They can win getting a lead. They can win coming from behind. And the fact that you don't even practice that type of winning, that situational football, I think says a lot about it. And again, coming back to the original question, is it Brock or is it, is it Kyle? Hard to blame Brock when his coach doesn't even let him practice this stuff. I mean – when you say they don't practice it, I'm sure they practice. That's it. what Kurt oh. Bankert said. Uh, let's ask Kurt. I, I, let's ask Kyle. He said they literally don't spend time on two-minute drills in the Niners because they don't have enough time during the week and they feel they don't do it enough during the season. It's not worth their time. That's what Kurt Bankert said. I would be, yeah, I would Kurt, love Kurt, where uh, are you? Or Kurt, yeah. yeah. Maybe I can, I can you at, buddy? reach out to him. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really having a hard time with this name. Mad Gamer 4127. Patrick Mahomes had 10 drop picks last year. Can we stop with the drop pick narrative? So this is how I look at drop picks, Grant. Yes, they do. Like, you do have to mention them. Like, yeah, he threw a bad play right into the linebacker. Linebacker dropped it. But I also look at the pick was dropped. 
So what do you do after that? Do you take advantage after that or do you do nothing after it? Like, yeah, it should have been picked, but it wasn't. And football is full of plays like that. A lot of plays, not just from the quarterback. So yeah, but the, the issue with Purdy too is that he's he's throwing these interceptions and he doesn't pass very much. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like the Niners are 27th in pass attempts. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to work around their quarterback. They're trying to win with their running game. And this guy's still committing turnovers. Like Patrick Mahomes, the whole offense is him throwing the ball. They're, they're frequently in the top three in pass attempts per season. And he's throwing, last year he threw for 5,200 yards and 41 touchdowns. So yeah, I'll take some turnovers with that kind of production when it's not about the run game. It's all about him and his arm. Like he's more, like if you put the scales of his good plays and bad plays, you got good plays, bad plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll take Patrick Mahomes. With with Purdy, it's a little murkier right now because he doesn't throw that much. And when he does, recently, there's been a like a high frequency of turnovers. So just saying. And to be clear, like he has made some really good throws lately. He had a two or three throws to Kittle against Cincinnati over the middle that were awesome. Deep throws down the middle small window that were put in the perfect spot. And those are great plays. But the problem against Cincinnati was his bad plays were more, was so much more impactful than the good plays because they were turnovers because one of them was a turnover in the red zone on the eight yard line down seven. So yes, he's been doing some good things and the Niners offense has been moving up and down the field. But when your bad plays are, are more impactful than your good plays, that's when you have a problem. I don't know, man. I feel like Brock has a lot to answer for this week. Um, He had excuses the last three weeks. Trent Williams went down. Debo Samuel was gone. It wasn't the regular offense. He had to deal with a little bit of adversity, and it didn't go so well. But if he gets Trent and Debo back this week and they put up 30, you could say, all right, well, that was a learning experience for Brock. You sort of tied one hand behind behind his back, and it didn't go so well, but he's still young. And look at him him against Jacksonville, against a good team, when he gets his players back. If not, if Trent and Debo come back and the offense scores 20 points and they lose and you're like, all right, man, you're sort of running out of excuses. I know you had a concussion a few weeks ago. I know you're coming off an elbow thing, but yeah, you lost four in a row now and you have all your playmakers and you still can't crack 21 points. Like you might've gotten figured out. So one of those two things could happen this week. It's a very big week for Brock. 49ers under Kyle Shanahan are 36 and 16 after the bye, which is awesome. Um, Wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. No, no, not the game after the bye. Like everything after. Oh, the Oh, okay. I'm like, man, he hasn't been a coach for fifty something years. <laughs> yeah, no, that would. He'd be a hell of a lot older. Uh, this is just his complete record after the bye through all of his time Good in call. San Francisco. Good call. And it's true. Like a couple years ago in 2021, they lost three games in a row going into the bye week. They came out of the bye week, lost again. They were two and four, and didn't necessarily run the table, but. Win or run. Yeah, like they keep t- keep reminding us, right? We've, we've done it before. We've done it before. And they have. It doesn't happen automatically, though. Me, hasn't. Right. That's true. Let me ask he you this. Hasn't. If, mm. Let's say the 49ers go out, get a lead early, go up by double digits early, hang on, win by multiple scores against Jacksonville. You'd be like, okay, good. That's good. great. Oh, but yeah. How much better about the 49ers would you feel if they were down in the fourth quarter and Brock came back and won the game? Wouldn't you feel so much better about them? I like that question a lot. In a sense, there's a scenario where a one-point victory where you come from behind is more impressive and meaningful than a 14-point victory where you get an early lead. Because maybe, 
you know, Jacksonville turns the ball over and there's like a fluky play in the first quarter and the Niners are going on tilt and they just get the advantage and that's that. And it's like, well, if they played 10 times, I'm not sure the Niners would win 10 times. Maybe, maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars would get a break. But if Jacksonville gets breaks and the Niners hang on and find a way to win that they don't normally do, now you're looking at them as like, okay, okay, this is a team that might be able to win the Super Bowl. This is a team that might be able to find ways to beat really good quarterbacks who are having good games, all of that. Yeah, I think this is the this is the biggest regular season game I can remember, man. It's so big. It's a legit challenge that the Niners, I guess, are expected to win. They're three-point favorites. They're expected to win this game. They expect to win it because you know what? They've been here before. <laughs> it very much feels like a fork in the road on the season for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would. And to to be fair, like I'm, I'm not going to complain about a win. Any win, that's great. I will take, I will be happy to have. But I'm just saying that one point come from behind win, would, you know, especially if Jake Moody hits the kick at the end too, just for, you know, the cherry on top of the Sunday, then you feel really, really good. Um, but we'll see how it can happen, right? Like this is the Niners Super Bowl a little bit right now. And Jacksonville, they've won five in a row. They're cruising. This game doesn't mean that much to them. If they beat the Niners, it's a great uh, – they can say we're for real. If they lose to the Niners, they can say we're 6-3. and three. They're an NFC team. It doesn't really freaking matter. Like This means so much more to the 49ers than it does to Jacksonville. Win the damn game. Yeah, the Jags are 6-2 and two right now. Okay. The next closest team to them in the division is actually D'Amico Ryan's Texans, but they're 4-4. Four and four. They don't so, need this game. This is just right. seeding for them. This is just pride yeah. for them. It's great. But for the Niners, this is their season. Can't lose oh. this game. And you're trying to stay ahead of Seattle, too, which you mm-hmm. know you're going to play twice in three weeks coming up. All day, every day, Kim says, people kill me with comparing Brock to Mahomes. I think you weren't comparing them as players you were just mentioning the difference in passive time i like but, how she said brock's ass not just brock kim uh, i haven't seen it's a lot by the way did you see speak, speaking of asses did you see the uh, the clip with kittle and bethard apparently the <laughs> kittle and bethard have matching ass tattoos no 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 yes no, so they were in college no. and they got the address of like their party house George wanted everybody to get tattoos of it. So they all got tattoos on their ass. And then when they're in the shower, the vets on the team are like, why do you guys have matching ass tattoos? And Joe George had to explain this. That story. is such a George Kittle thing to do. <laughs> but hey, I think Kyle Shanahan and Chris Sims have matching ankle tattoos. They do have matching tattoos. Yes. So, you know, some some people have a bond that deserves a ink. A lot of people don't know that me and you have matching um, tattoos. People don't know that. People don't know that. <laughs> Keith Murthy, the unbeaten, says D'Amico got right in year one. What Shanahan hasn't gotten right in year seven, the quarterback. It's ridiculous. CJ Stroud looks incredible right now. Bless you. Oh, boy. I just think it's funny that Kyle Shanahan got the six-year contract, and his thing was like, you know what? I'm not going to get the quarterback right away. I'm going to get a defensive lineman. And um, Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans were on that team. And they're like, sure, Kyle, I think that's a good plan. And both of them went and became head coaches. And both of them took a quarterback with their first pick. Now, Sala took the wrong one. D'Amico took the right one. But they did not agree with Kyle Sanahan's roster building philosophy. Maybe they agree with it at the time. And they're like, good idea, Kyle. I would do the same thing. But they did not do the same thing. And really, it's not how you want to do it. Because Kyle's still paying for it. You put the team together and you try to insert the quarterback, he's going to get three games to prove himself. If he loses two of them, he's done. Sorry, team's too good. It, it was a very weird team-building process that we have not really seen anybody else try. And to this point, it hasn't resulted in a championship. And that's that's what you're looking at. A lot of people night. copy Kyle Shanahan's stuff. That's not one thing they copy. That's He's on his own there. Chris Maldonado, YouTube channel member for six months, says we need a win. We really do. That's 100% big facts. Flat One out. point win would be huge for the 49ers. They got to find a way to not beat themselves in this game. And you know what I think we'll hear, too, if they win? Afterwards, we'll hear. We knew we really needed this game. Like, it won't be, well, we've done it before. It'll be, whoo, man, we really needed a win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It's a, it's a far way to go. It's a legit team. And they're interesting because they can stop the run. And if you can shut down Christian McCaffrey, you got a chance. They're going to play a lot of zone coverage. Brock Purdy should be able to tear it up. Let's see what you got, man. You got all your weapons. There is, I could totally understand someone picking the Niners to win this game if they really believe in Brock. Bird Creature 
says, hypothetical question. Niners hold the Jags under 17 points. What one thing did the Niners improve to make that happen? To me, it's the run defense. Yeah. It's stopping the run. Teams are perforating yeah. this defense, gaining four, five yards with their runs so that second and third down were always short yardage. And the Niners defense was always up against it. That's not how this defense is built. They're built to rush the passer in long down situations, and they haven't been in those the last three weeks. All right. Allow me to retort in a respectful way. Okay. I, yes. But I don't think that Jacksonville is that great at running the ball. I mean, Trevor Lawrence can scramble and the Niners have problems with quarterback. They couldn't contain Joe Burrow, but Travis Etienne, I think he's a better receiver than running back. I think he's averaging 3.9 yards per carry this season. So it doesn't mean he won't go off. Running backs tend to go off against the Niners, but I could see a world where the Niners hold their own against Travis Etienne and make the Jacks somewhat one dimensional and still struggle. Because the way the Niners have been playing coverage, so soft, so much zone. Like Trevor Lawrence, if 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 Joe Burrow can dice that up, so can Trevor Lawrence. That's so fair. I, you know, if they play this soft zone coverage, I could see Trevor Lawrence having a dominant, dominant game the way Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow did the last two weeks. I think the Niners need to play man coverage, but I don't know if Steve Wilkes uh, feels comfortable with that. Just seems like with Calvin Ridley and Kirk, Christian Kirk, you'd be better off trying to man up. Than, than just letting Trevor Lawrence dice you up, knowing where the holes are in the zone. I don't know. That's that's a big one. Robert Marquez says, why don't you guys bet your house on Jacksonville? You'll get three points. Going to bet the house? No. No. <laughs> no, I'll just bet my reputation. That's more fun. I'm trying to think of the biggest bet. I don't think I've ever made a like a $100 bet on a game before in my life. I think the biggest bet I've ever made is like 20 bucks. Yeah. I don't like losing. Maybe that's the Jew in me. <laughs> sorry. No, it just word. feels like I don't. I, I'm sorry. I can say that. I'm Jewish. I think let's wrap it up from here, frankly. <laughs> that's going to do it for this edition of Stats of Cohen and the Gold Standard Podcast Network and the Grant Cohen YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe to both channels if you would. Uh, Niners need a big one. Obviously, this is going to be huge. You'll be doing your post-game instant reaction show. I'll be doing mine. We're going to have plenty to talk about after this game. Hopefully, the Niners can get back on track. Also, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio pods. Grant, have a great rest of your week. I can't wait for you to ask Kyle about the two-minute drill. I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of hoping the Niners win this game. I don't normally root for the Niners. But look, if they lose to Jacksonville, it's going to be very dramatic. And I'll have a lot to say in the post. We'll all have a lot to say in the post game press conference, but I don't want this season to fall apart in November. And it's on the verge. It's teetering. Like get it together. All right. <laughs> I'm prepared to talk about this team through January. Don't let me down. Right. Win the freaking game guys. I'm going to pick against you. I'm going to give you all the motivation you freaking need. You're not good enough. Jacksonville's better than you. You're not going to win. You're a bunch of chokers. Prove me wrong, please. What more can I do? What you really want is you want two more wins going into that Seattle, Philly, Seattle three game stretch. Like, give me Ooh. the Niners at seven and three going into that stretch. I thought we were going to get home playoff games. I was like, let's go. Now <laughs> I'm thinking, are they going to make the playoffs? You better not do that to me. To me. Okay. Right. Think of Grant Cohn for Think of me. That's yes. motivation you need. Just think of yeah. Grant. Do it for Grant Cohn. That's quality control right there, baby. Thank you. Hey, that's what you're here for. All right, everybody. Have a good rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you soon.